I had a certain amount of money in the bank and I had to make a choice. Do I go find a job and work again, save money so I can continue doing the whole save work, save money, travel, be broke, work, save money, travel, the whole backpacker cycle? Or do I try to find a better way? What's up, you guys? My name is Mikko Kraszowski, and welcome to episode 40 of That Remote Show, where we hear from location-independent entrepreneurs and professionals so you can learn to quit the cubicle and live life on your terms. On today's episode, I'm joined by my friend Trevor Wright from MileMethod.com. Trevor was introduced to me a few years ago by a mutual friend as the god of travel, and with that title, I knew he was someone I had to meet. Trevor's business, Mile Method, is a one-on-one service that earns each of his clients around 1 million airline miles and hotel points by gaming the U.S. credit card sign-up bonus system. This is a completely personalized process in order to avoid missing out on thousands of dollars of travel. Trevor has been using this exact system himself for more than 10 years And over that time, he has averaged less than $17 per flight to over 125 countries, all while staying in luxury hotels on every continent for free. If you're someone who loves to travel, trust me, this is not an episode you want to miss. Before we dive into this episode, please head over to your podcast, to your favorite podcasting app and leave a review if you haven't done so already. This is one of the best ways to help more people find the show. You can find all the resources mentioned in this episode, and there were a lot of them. Uh, you can find all of them at thatremotelife.com forward slash episode 40. That's episode all spelled out, followed by the number 40. All right, you guys, without further ado, let's dive into this conversation with Trevor Wright from MileMethod.com. All right, well, Trevor, welcome to the show, brother. How you doing? Good to be here. Africa to Mexico. It's kind of fun. I know, man. It's been, uh, I know when we were trying to plan this, you were like, oh, no, I'm going to be in like Mozambique. I'm going to be in, this, in these other places. So you're always moving around. Actually, uh, funny, funny story. Uh, a mutual friend of ours in, introduced me introduced us and when he like referred me to you he said this is one of the only people i feel comfortable calling a travel god so i was like yes friends <laughs> so yeah that's so, a hard uh, title well, to live up to but yes it's <laughs> uh it's definitely my obsession we could call it that <laughs> so you know since we're gonna be talking about travel and you're like a credit card expert uh in, in terms of points and stuff like that but before we dive into that i gotta ask you know we were talking about this before we hit record but where are you right now and what brought you there? <laughs> uh, so a lot of the places I visit, there's there's no good reason to be here. You know, I, I work remotely, so I can anywhere where there's good Wi-Fi, I can go. So I guess I I plan my travels by region and I just happen to be traveling throughout Africa right now. So I'm in uh, Zanzibar. It's an island off of uh, Tanzania. And I'll be here for one week. And before this, I did a little Africa trip, did some safaris. Uh, I was on the Nomad Cruise, which we could mention to your your listeners. That was pretty cool. It's a cruise from Athens to Dubai. And before that, I was in Europe. So there's there's no rhyme or reason where I am. I just like to travel. So I go wherever I want because of the miles and points. 
Yeah, Nomad Cruise is something that has come across, like I've noticed it like a bunch of times and I know a lot of people have been on it and it sounds like such an awesome experience. I just haven't had the opportunity to do it. So did you like it? It's amazing. It was it was my second one. So I went on the very first one and oh, then wow. okay. this was number 10. So I was on number one and number 10 and it's changed quite a bit. They're much more organized. There's a lot more people I think there was 48 different nationalities on this cruise and wow. it's, it's, it's a, uh, just for your listeners, it's a trip. Uh, it's you're on a cruise ship from point A to point B. There's different ones crossing the Atlantic, uh, going from Athens to Dubai. And it's just a, a trip boat trip, all inclusive meals, drinks, but then there's also conferences. So you're on the boat. There's 250 other, uh, location independent people. And it's everyone just sharing their knowledge, hanging out. It was it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I think one of the really cool things about Nomad Cruise, like what really appeals to me is like, not only that you're on a conference with all these amazing people, but on top of that, the ones that go like um, Americas to Europe, I mean, it's the price of a flight, you know, if you're not <laughs> using credit card points. But on top of that, you get a cruise experience and a conference. It's like a great and- way for people to get over to Europe. Exactly. Besides just the whole atmosphere, three meals a day, unlimited, unlimited alcohol. It's just, it's just fun. Everything about it was great. I highly recommend it. Yeah. So to jump back to Zanzibar, cause you, you mentioned that's where you are right now. And you at the very beginning said you can go anywhere where there's Wi-Fi. How is the, uh, you know, the remote working situation in Zanzibar right now? Is it's it, great. is it going to be the next hotspot? Well, I I wouldn't go that far. The reason I can confidently (laughs) say that we could do this podcast is because I'm staying at the Hilton for free. So the Hilton, I believe, has better Wi-Fi than, say, the the coffee shop down the street. So, no, it will not be a hot spot, but it is it's an interesting place to visit. It is a melting pot of different cultures. And it's I'm learning a lot about the history here. And the food is amazing. It's, It's a cool place. Yeah, so that's a, I think, a, a perfect segue. You just set that up for me perfectly to get into what you do because you're a credit card expert. Uh, but I know a lot of people who do credit card points, but I've never really met anybody that kind of uses them as much as you do, I would say, um, or to that extent. So, how did you, first of all, how did you get involved in this, you know, entire, you know, credit card points uh, sort of world? Uh, let's see. Let's see if I can make this a, a brief story. So uh, I am 36 years old. I have no problem telling my age. And I started traveling when I was about 17. So I spent a summer in Barcelona when I was still in high school. And then after that, because of uh, going to Spain, becoming interested in, in Spanish language, I studied in Costa Rica and Mexico. And then basically at a very young age, around 20, just decided that I wanted to travel. So I I very much from 20 until 25 did a lot of backpacking style trips. And then I think when I was 26, I did a bicycle trip from Colombia to Argentina for two and a half years. Wow. (laughs) So I I saved up money at at an office job. I worked for a study abroad company, saved up money, had no plan other than bicycle south. (laughs) So really get to Colombia and start pedaling south, which is what I did. And when I ended my trip uh, about two and a half years later in Buenos Aires, in Argentina, I had a certain amount of money in the bank and I had to make a choice. Do I go find a job and work again, save money so I can continue doing the whole 
save work, save money, travel, be broke, work, save money, travel, the whole backpacker cycle, or do I try to find a better way? And at that time, the better way was I had heard about these people that could fly for free. <laughs> and I, it was, it was just a complete mystery. Who are these people? How do they do it? And I just went way down the rabbit hole, uh, spending a lot of time reading forums and looking around the internet and I just pieced it together. So I'm really self-taught and just piecing together all the different information. And uh, I actually applied for my first credit card bonus while I was living in, in Argentina. So that's, that's how awesome. I got one of my first free flights. Yeah. And how long ago was that, that you did that biking trip? Uh, that was 2000, 2009, I believe. That's when I left for that trip. So that was more than 10 years ago. That's wild to think about. Yeah. And so what exactly, so, you know, you are in Argentina, you're learning about these credit card points. And so at that point, like, how are you, like, did you imagine this was going to be your business or were you just thinking that this was something you're going to do for yourself so you could travel for free? Yeah. It never crossed my mind that this could be a business. I just, I was just cheap and I wanted to start finding ways to travel and not pay for flights. Uh, so what happened is after Argentina, I just went down the rabbit hole, started applying for cards, started accumulating you know, millions of airline miles and hotel points. And I kind of structured my life around free time. So in order that I could use those airline miles and hotel points. And I just started traveling a lot and friends and family started asking me, how do you, how do you do this? <laughs> how are you mm -hmm. going, going all, the, all over the world and how do you afford this? And I would just casually say, I, I don't pay for flights and hotels. I, I do this thing with credit cards. I started helping people. And then uh, later it became obvious that it was a valuable thing to offer other people. And it, it turned into a business. Yeah. So currently like at your business, are you, cause this is something that I've been, you know, we've been e-friends, so to say, you know, online <laughs> Instagram uh, friends, for yeah. a while now. <laughs> yeah. But how, so what exactly does your business do? If somebody's interested and is listening to all the things that you're doing, um, what exactly does your business do? And then how is it structured? Like how exactly does that uh, client, uh, you relationship work? Okay. So my business is uh, mile method. So the website milemethod.com. I'm really only active on Instagram. So also mile method on Instagram. So I always make it clear that I do not blog. I don't write articles. Whenever I tell people I, I do stuff with miles and points, they always mention the points guy because he is one of the biggest airline he has great seo he's just the biggest blog yeah. that talks about this stuff i had i had no idea he has something like 50 or more employees and like different offices i thought he was just a blogger and then i i found out he's like an institution it's a corporation at this point so we we, <laughs> we can we can talk about the difference between blogs and what i do because there's a huge mm -hmm. difference uh sure. so i i don't blog and I don't make money off of affiliate links. What I do is I have clients, they pay me a one-time fee and they tell me their top three destinations that they want to visit. And then I create a custom credit card application schedule, which will earn them enough bonuses for three almost free vacations in their top three destinations. So that's a mouthful. What it basically means is that I tell them exactly what buttons to click and then they click the buttons and they earn the miles and points they need to, to travel where they want to travel. And it, it all has to do with credit card sign-up bonuses. 
So unlike, you know, because I think this is a good idea to mention, like you said, is the difference between blogging and what you do. Um, can you just talk a little bit about that and like what the different models are there so that people can understand that? Yep. So, and, and I'm, I'm a little bit anti-blog uh, for, what, for only one reason, really, because I learned a lot of information from reading the blogs. Uh, but the main difference is uh, bloggers, travel, uh, travel bloggers, but especially the bloggers within the airline miles and hotel points niche, they make money off of affiliate links. Meaning when you click on one of their credit card application links and you're approved, they, they earn a commission, which is great. That's fair. Affiliate marketing and all of that, it's a great business model. The only problem is when it comes to credit cards is that they're writing articles with headlines saying, this is, this is a great credit card bonus, apply for it. Now, they have no way of knowing your personal history. So you have to apply for credit cards in a certain order. Uh, in order to, to maximize all the bonuses. And if, let's take the points guy, he has millions of readers. I think he has millions. I mean, probably yeah, millions, sure. million, millions <laughs> a month. There's no way that he can take time to individually know your your individual background. And there's no way he can tell if, if you are applying in the correct order to earn enough bon- to maximize the bonuses or not. And the reason this is so important is that if you apply for credit cards out of order and not according to your unique profile, you could lose thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars because you make yourself ineligible for certain bonuses if you, if you do it wrong. So what I do is is a service and I make sure that based on your unique background, we're applying for cards the proper way, basically. Yeah. And, and what you mean, just so that I clarify, in that thousands and thousands of dollars lost you mean in terms of like opportunity, right? Not necessarily that it's going to cost me thousands of dollars yeah. out of the pocket. In, in, in terms of bonuses that you are now ineligible to get. That's that's what I mean. So why let's and, – and one of the things that we wanted to talk about, you know, in terms of like what this interview is going to be like uh, is both talk about your business because I think it's a really cool business model. Um, but also actually like, you know, deliver value in terms of like, hey, how can people listening to this kind of like use – uh, you know, your knowledge and your skills to, you know, also, you know, take, you know, use the, the credit card points. Um, so let's talk a little bit about that. So can you describe like, w- how do these ineligibilities work? Like, why would it, why is that a thing? Like, how can I like be losing uh, this opportunity? Yeah. And and this is where it gets uh, not complicated, but it's just, it's a very weird, strange, specific knowledge because each bank has certain rules that are there that are not necessarily published that these are unwritten rules and even individual credit cards have rules so when i have clients and i'm putting together their custom their custom credit card application schedule it's like piecing together a puzzle so you have to take into account all the different types of rules uh so an important rule for example is chase has chase bank has an internal rule that if you've been approved for five or more credit cards with any bank within the past 24 months, uh, you are ineligible for Chase bonuses. Mm. Uh, and the, these types of rules, the, these specific bank rules, that's just Chase. Uh, Citibank has its own rules. Barclays has its own rules. American Express, they all have the, these these unwritten internal rules. Uh, so what that means specifically with Chase, they have a lot of valuable bonuses. So 
if you know that that rule, the, the 524 rule, if anyone wants to Google to learn more about that, Chase 524, you that means you're going to make sure you maximize the Chase bonuses before you start going after other bonuses. Because so essentially you should, yeah, yep, essentially you should get the Chase cards first. Yes, and then there's other rules. Like I said, there's a lot of pieces. Uh, business uh, credit cards don't apply to this rule. Mm. <laughs> so you can maximize business bonuses while you're maximizing chase bonuses. And then you just keep putting together the puzzle. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Um, to, to take a step back into talking about your business, we're going to jump all over here because this is such an interesting topic to me that I can't <laughs> help myself not ask questions. Um in terms of like how your business works, right? Like you talked a little bit about how, you know, the difference between you and like what like um, the travel bloggers do. Uh, and that makes sense. But how do you actually get clients? Because that's something that I'm really curious about is, is it just mostly referrals? Is it through your social media profile? Because you said you don't blog and that's such a huge marketing opportunity. So how yep. do you find clients and what is your relationship with the client look like? So I might be the example of everything not to do when it comes to running a business. <laughs> uh, I'm not a good marketer. I don't know SEO. Uh, a lot of the things that any type of online business should be doing. Honestly, I've been lucky. I, I work only on word of mouth. Uh, so in the beginning, I was uh, when I started this business, I was living in Chiang Mai, Thailand. And as you know, there's a lot of digital nomads, remote workers there. And I just kind of put the word out, hey, I'm doing this thing. I'm, I'm offering a service to people. And luckily, I, I met people. They signed up. And then they told their, they did well. They earned bonuses. They earned millions of miles. And then they started booking $5 flights, $20 flights, and business class. And then they tell their friends. Or they post about it on Facebook. And then all their friends start asking them, how do you, how did you fly business class from the U S to Europe for $50? That's a, that's a, that's a 70, that's a $7,000 flight. How did you do that? I don't know. Talk to Trevor. And then it just, it just <laughs> and the reason that uh, I'm not doing some of the typical things I, I should be doing because to get more clients, to make more money is that this particular business model is extremely time intensive because it does not scale. <laughs> that mm. that that is a trade-off I've made uh with this business model is that there's no way to outsource because it's my knowledge. Uh I can't really hire employees because this information changes all the time and I would have to you know if let's say I hired a, a Filipino virtual assistant to help me. I'm going to have to trust that they they are also reading all the same information daily that I read and it's it's just a it's definitely a service. It's not a, uh, a scalable model. <laughs> but to, to, an to answer your question more directly, I've because it works and because my clients get results, even though it's a small group of people, when they tell their friends, their friends come to me and I'm already vouched. So they, they know that what I do is real because their close friend or family member has had success. So that's why it works. Yeah, the the funny thing about referrals and like word of mouth is that whenever I talk to like business owners or like it not all, but a lot of people that I talk to will say that like referrals are huge for their business. But I don't think we hear about it as much in the online marketing space because like you can't really like 
how do you train somebody for that, right? Like, how, like it's not – there's really no, like, stickiness to it. It's just, like, doing a really good job at whatever it is that you do. But a lot of people that I talk to say that, like, referrals or word of mouth are, are a huge source of their uh, clients. Um, so I don't think you're, you know, you're alone in that. <laughs> yeah, um, what, one, one interesting thing I've noticed about uh, this whole word of mouth, which is basically what my, my business depends upon, is some of my clients, they get very complacent and they start to expect. So because they, they earn the miles, they start traveling for free. They'll, they'll start booking, you know, $20 one ways to Europe or $20 one ways to Asia. And then it becomes normal. So they start booking these flights and I have to remind them, Hey, uh, could you please, please post that on Facebook? Like, let your friends know that you just booked, you know, a one way from the U S to Thailand for 20 bucks, like tell everybody, please, because that <laughs> my business depends on that. And then they, they start to think that that's normal and they forget how they got to that point. <laughs> mm. Yeah. I, I can't imagine being in a position where like you're doing constantly like business class tickets and you're like, Oh, this is the norm. And you totally forget what it is for us plebes in the, <laughs> in the back I mean, of the plane. You know? It happens even, you know, I'm staying in a, in the Doubletree Hilton in Zanzibar, this is uh, for five nights, and this would normally be an $1,100 stay. And I'm just, this is it. This, I'm just, this is how I live. So I'm used to it. It's it's funny how accustomed you can get to to uh, certain lifestyles, I guess. Yeah, it's crazy because, you know, like I said, like we follow each other on social media. And it's so funny because you're constantly posting like, hey, like check out like, you know, my, my you know, hotel and this place. And it's like these awesome hotel rooms you like paid zero dollars to them. I'm like, OK, Trevor, screw you. <laughs> yeah, it's a fine line between so, bra- bragging and marketing, right? <laughs> no, it's it's awesome. It's awesome. It just shows what's out there. So for all the people that are listening now, you know, that are getting pumped, uh, we're definitely going to dive into, you know, how you can do some of the same. But the thing that I'm really interested in terms of like your service is, so I know that like we've spoken in the past, but I kind of want to go over a little bit more like exactly how your service works. Because do you work with clients on a continuous basis or do you work for a, like you said, you know, you, you mentioned that it's the three trips that they want to go on, but what happens after that, right? Like, do they, like, do they gain the skills to do it on themselves or like, do you allow them to continue using their services? Like, what does that look like? So the, I frame it as three almost free luxury vacations because I'm pretty confident I can earn them enough miles for those three free trips but really, once you have the miles, you can redeem them in a lot of different ways. For for a lot of people, it ends up being way more than three trips because maybe they just need flights. Or maybe uh, someone doesn't fly that often, but they stay in a lot of hotels while they do road trips. So there's no way of knowing how someone is going to redeem their miles and points uh, unless you really do have three very specific trips in mind. Um, but I have, my clients have a one-time fee and then I work with them for 24 months. And over those 24 months, I provide the exact links for applications every 95 days. So every 95 days, I will, uh, I will evaluate the best offers, the best signup bonuses, and then I will see which ones work with that customer's unique background and then I remind them, say, hey, it's time to apply again. Click these buttons, apply for these two or three cards. They do. And after these cards are approved, uh, they have to focus on spending on each card to meet the, the spending requirements. So I'll, I'll talk about that right now because 
uh, every time you apply for a credit card for its bonus, you, there's a certain spend amount that you need to spend to unlock its bonus. So gen, on average, let's say that's $3,000 in three months. But there's some cards where you spend $1 and you receive a free round trip to Europe or a $99 round trip to Europe after spending a dollar. Uh, it just depends on each card. Yeah, so let's that's a that's a great way to jump into those cuz I think that those tips are so this world is like this whole like credit card point world is so fascinating to me because you literally can like earn millions of points and never have to pay to fly again or like in your case like even like you know pay for hotels. So let's jump into that a little bit cuz I'm sure that people are now super hungry to hear about that. Um let's just do I know that you kind of did like a kind of a quick overview there but can we talk a little bit about exactly the idea of travel points and, and the credit card miles? How does that how does that work? Uh, so it's it's depending how deep you want to go, but basically the reason these credit cards offer these sign up bonuses, they're supposed to be incentives for you to become bank members to to get a credit card or to start a banking relationship with the bank, and sometimes they just want you to become a credit card member, but you know, they, they run the numbers statistically. They know that if they can get you for a credit card, then you might end up uh, getting a mortgage through them, or you might start using a checking account and other banking services. So the whole idea is just to, there's a lot of competition within the banking sector. So if there's a lot of credit cards to choose from, so if they can entice you with this amount of hotel points or this amount of miles, then that's all it is. They try to get you as a customer. That's the, the basic idea of why these sign-up bonuses exist. Gotcha. And then um, then the rabbit hole goes deep, depending on how much you want to know. Right. And unfortunately, this is only for like mostly U.S. citizens, right? Like it's not really something that happens elsewhere in the world. It's It exists a little bit in the U.K., a little bit in Canada. But it's it's not like how lucky we have it for as Americans. So on the Nomad Cruise, it's mostly Europeans. And all the Europeans were begging me, like begging me, teach me how to do this. They, they wanted to know. And I, I had to tell them, look, it's for Americans only. I can't help you. I'm sorry. Which is very, it's, I find that very interesting because uh, I, do, I do have clients. I have referrals. It's working. But the Europeans were much more eager to learn about this than, than Americans. And I, I don't quite know why that is, why Ameri- more Americans are taking advantage of this. I think, I think there's, well, I have ideas why. Uh, mostly, I think well, people how come? Are, they're afraid of credit cards. They, they just, there's a lot of myths about opening and closing credit cards and how that will ruin your credit score and how it's the worst thing you can do in the world. And it's just not true. Most, most of what, most Americans believe for some reason, it's just not true. Yeah, because I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, but most people believe that like the more credit cards that you open, like that's going to hurt your credit card score, right? While I've been led to believe that that's not necessarily true. So can you talk a little bit about that and like why it's not necessarily going to hurt their credit card score? Yep. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of different factors that go into credit scores. So Huh, where to start with this one? Okay, uh, opening multiple credit cards. So having diverse accounts, whether that be a mortgage, a student loan, a car loan, uh, different revolving credits, credit lines like credit cards, 
uh, diverse accounts actually help your credit score. It's a positive factor for your credit scores because uh, if you're approved for one card, the algorithm sees that, okay, someone, whether that some bank believe that this person has is trustworthy, that they're credit worthy. So the more of those you have, it's, it's, it's more verifications that people actually trust this person to give them credit. So that's why having diverse accounts is a positive factor. Um, when you apply for credit cards, the bank who you're applying for, with whom you're applying, they pull your credit report. So every American who has a social security number has a credit file, which contains all the different factors of your credit worthiness. And when a bank pulls that credit report, it, it shows up on your credit file. <laughs> and that does cause a short-term dip in your credit scores. Uh, let's say one to five points. But oh, over, uh, say, the next 90 days, that generally goes back up. And I can explain why <laughs> if, I'm right. not, if I'm not losing people. No, that makes sense. And I know that like it's something about also like how much available credit you have, right? Because like if yes. you have 10 credit cards and you're maxing all of them out, that won't be good. Yep. So that that's the, the perfect segue to this. So let's just go through it. So if you apply for a credit card, whatever bank that is, let's say Chase Bank, you apply for a credit card. Chase Bank is going to pull your credit report from your credit history. And that will result in perhaps a one to five credit point reduction in your credit score, just because the more times you pull your credit, uh, it's, it's a negative factor. But let's say you're approved for that credit card. Now, all of a sudden, you, you have a higher credit line because maybe Chase Bank gave you a $10,000 credit line. So your total available credit just increased by 10000 So. And that's as across well, all your banks, across all your credit cards. Yes. So your your total available credit is all the credit you have with your revolving credit. Revolving credit is your, your credit cards. So if you're, you're making on-time payments, which is the number one factor in your credit history, is never, ever miss a payment. So if you never miss a payment, that means you're, and you're paying your bills on time, which means you never carry balances. So you have zero debt. So as you're approved for more and more credit cards, your debt to credit ratio improves because you have zero debt, but you have more and more and more and more credit. As you're approved for one credit card, 10,000 more credit line. You get another card, let's say you get another 10,000. You have zero debt, but now you have 20,000 uh, more credit to your credit line. So that's another reason why this whole system, mile method, applying for multiple credit cards actually over time improves your credit scores. Mm. So, okay. So let's say that I'm listening to this or, you know, I'm somebody who's listening to this and I want to go and uh, apply for some credit cards and do this. What does the process actually look like? Right? Because we talked about that there's a minimum spend that you need to reach to get those bonus points. Right? So how does that work? I essentially go out there and I get a card like Chase, for example, and I need to reach a certain amount of spend. And then at that point, I receive the bonus, right? Yes. So uh, the, the process, it's actually very simple. The, uh, the, the real knowledge that I, the value that I provide is knowing the correct way to do this. But if you're only applying for a single credit card, like the example you just gave, 
you can fill out an application in five minutes. You'll likely be instantly approved if you have 700 or more uh, credit scores. And that's it. You apply, you fill out the application, takes less than five minutes. They'll say, congratulations, you, you were approved. The card will arrive to your permanent address, the address you put on the application within 10 business days, usually less. And then you start spending on it and you get the bonus. But so with all that said, that process is not complicated at all. It takes five minutes, really. Uh, so many people, they start reading a blog. Maybe they find the points guy or they read an, another blog and they fall for the clickbait headline that says, this is the best card of all time. Get this card. They do. And they get one card. And that one, one bonus can be enough for an almost free round trip to Europe. So that's great. But again, they don't realize that that blog does not have your long-term interests in mind because they don't know your individual circumstances. And they don't really care if you're applying in the correct order. So it's very easy to get one card, two cards, three cards. And even with three bonuses, you could have a great luxury vacation. You could have free flights. You could have a week of hotels in a great hotel. But very quickly, you're going to find that you're, you're going to start being denied for credit cards because you're doing it. You're doing it wrong. I've been doing this since 2011. So that's uh, over nine years. I've been approved for 155 credit cards, I believe. And each, each credit card you could think of is basically a free round trip to Europe uh, or uh, five days of hotels, five to 12 days of hotels. And then I also do this for my parents and then I do this for my clients. Uh, you can't do this on a long-term sustainable way without knowing the proper order and all the different bank rules to take into account. Gotcha. So I want to talk a little bit about what I think is kind of like the 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 juiciest slash like the, the thing that we kind of dance around in terms of like this process and that's the spending, right? Because when you get these credit cards, you need to hit a limit and then you get the bonus, right? So it yep. essentially forces you to spend and you don't want to go in and just like drop tons of money that you don't already have, right? Like you don't want to put a balance on those credit cards. So yes. what are some of the ways that you can kind of like build that spend? Or I've heard the term engineer the spend in order to hit those those limits. Yeah, or if are you want to start Googling this and reading about it. Th yeah, there's lots of ways. Uh, if you want to Google this and, and read about some of the ways, Google manufactured spending. Uh, there's actually people that, that make full-time incomes just by spending lots of money on, say, a 2% credit card and getting 2% cash back. But they, they put so much money through their cards with fake spending, which means they're just kind of moving money around. Uh, but that's that's definitely higher level. And that's not anything that I do because... Quite honestly, I don't think it's it's worth you know. To, what's uh, is that legal? Of, first of all, it it's legal, but it's definitely not. Uh, it's frowned upon it's by frowned the banks upon? Yeah. <laughs> because it's it's a major loophole. You're you're taking advantage of their their loyalty programs, uh, and you have to spend a lot of money on a two percent cashback card to make it worthwhile. <laughs> and these guys, like I said, it's their full time job. That, that's very advanced. If you want to read about these crazy guys, uh, Google manufactured spending. I'll, I'll get back to your, your original question. Uh, if someone comes to me and they only spend $500 per month, 
that is going to be much more difficult than someone who spends 5,000 per month. So when I'm considering taking on new clients, they fill out a quick survey on my website, milemethod.com. And once I get their, their survey responses, I can see whether or not they're going to be a good candidate for what I do. So I'll, I'll be very straight up. If you spend uh, 1500 or more per month, that's enough. That's, that's fine. Uh, and then there's also ways where you can increase your spending. So you can pay uh, rent and mortgages with a credit card. There's a service called Plastique uh, with a Q. So P-L-A-S-T-I-Q.com. And you can pay your mortgage or, or rent, I believe, with a credit card with a 2.5% fee. So even if that's, so if your mortgage is, let's say, $1,000 a month, uh, that's an extra $1,000 of spending that you can put on a credit card to earn the bonuses. So that means that if you exclusively use Plastic, this website, uh, this service, to earn a bonus on 3000 you might end up paying about in fees with the 2.5% fees. You might end up paying uh, $80 for a round trip to Europe. So yes, you're paying fees to use these types of services, but you're still coming way out ahead because even with the fees, you're going to pay $80 to fly internationally round trip. So it's a great deal. Um, and then there's there's other ways, but that's that's one of the ways. Yeah. And, and I think the thing about that is, so you can earn points on your, you know, it's like the people that I know who do this, they have one card that they really, really like, and that's like their daily spend and they're constantly earning points on that. But then when they sign up for a new card, they sort of move all of their spending to that card and then they'll use something like that, right? To make sure that they hit that. Um, yeah. is, is that correct? Exactly. So when you're approved for a new card and you have to meet the spending requirement, say $3,000 within 90 days, within three months, then just focus all your spending on that card until you've reached the 3,000 uh, minimum spend requirement. After you've spent that 3,000, then they will give you the bonus and then you move on to the next card. So my clients and I, we apply for two to five credit cards every 90 days. Um, maybe more like two to four because these the banks are starting to to catch on to uh, people like us so it's becoming more difficult that's something we should talk about as well uh this is something you should take advantage of now while you can um but basically you only spend on each card to up until the the minimum spend requirement you get the bonus move on to the next one move on to the next one and then you just keep doing this you only spend to get the bonus and then if you've spent on all your cards to get all your bonuses, then you go back to your main card. And that's a card yeah. you'll keep forever, for example. And so when you say that you're applying for two to four cards, you mean like literally every 90 days you apply to like two different cards. What happens if you get approved for both? Then you have two, sp you have two spend requirements to meet. <laughs> So, so this is based on like what your spending is, right? So like if you're only spending about $1,000 and you probably shouldn't be applying to like two different or three different cards, right? It, each card has a different spending requirement. So that's why it's it's a highly customized service because someone who only spends $1,000 per month compared to someone who spends 5000 per month, the credit cards they apply for will be very different because of the spending requirements.
So the, the person who spends $15,000 every three months, they have a lot of options. They can apply for most any credit card. But if you only spend a thousand per month, then we have to use some spending tricks like the plastique to add some extra spending. And instead of four credit cards, we might only apply for two because it's customized to whatever your spending habits are. So I, I guess this might be one of those myths that I've just assumed were true because I've always been told that you shouldn't apply for more than one credit card in like every three months or something like that. So you're saying that it's totally fine for you to apply for multiple cards at the same time? Yes. And that's what I've been doing for nine years. And the reason, the reason this works and my parents as well, <laughs> uh, and we all have excellent credit scores. The reason this works is because there are three different credit bureaus. So remember when I said, every time you apply for a credit card, the bank pulls your credit history. So they're basically doing a verification on you. Like, who is this person? Do we want to give them a card? Do we trust them? And it's not, it's not a human. These are algorithms. So that's another thing to keep in mind. We're gaming an algorithm. Occasionally, you, we do have human contact and there's other tricks and things you can do to uh, make a human banker like you. But really, initially, you're trying to get the algorithm to like you. And the reason you can apply for multiple credit cards every 90 days is because not all these banks are pulling your credit report from the same place. There's three mm. different places so one bank might pull from one, one credit bureau, they're called, and another bank might pull from another. And there's, there's not always overlap. So the banks don't always see um, what the other banks are seeing necessarily. That's one way to look mm -hmm. at it, I guess. And so you kind of, what you're doing is like you're applying to like three different cards, for example, that pull from three different bureaus so that they're not overlapping. In theory, yes, but you don't even, it's not even that complicated <laughs> because uh, you don't necessarily have to know exactly which bank uses which credit bureau. Just if you kind of aggregate the, the information, you'll see that it kind of just works out because they're not all pulling from the same ones. So in terms of, you know, like spending, um, we talked about mortgage plastique. That's a really great tip. That's really good to know. But I think one of the other really big expenses for people, especially nowadays, and I am being a little bit, uh, what's the word here? This is kind of like a question for myself here, but I think a lot of people are going to uh, appreciate uh, the information is obviously student loans. So is there any way that you can pay for student loans with credit cards and kind of like um, do the same thing that you were describing for mortgages? Yep. You can use plastic as well. So, oh, okay. yep. It's a way to student loans, mortgages, rent, uh, several bills. I forget what type of bills, but it, it is a, a nice website for exactly this purpose for increasing your spend for the exclusive reason of meeting the minimum spend requirements. So you would, you, there's no reason to use this service in my opinion, uh, unless you're trying to meet a minimum spend requirement to get a bonus. Right. So I know that you said that there's, you know, it, it needs to be a really personalized thing, which I totally understand because every person's kind of situation is different, but are there any like tried and true rules in terms of like what credit cards you should apply for? I, Cause I just want people to walk away from here knowing what their next step is. And obviously, you know, we can talk about how they can get in touch with you, but is there, is there anything that you can say, Hey, generally speaking, 
you know, you should apply in this order or is it completely different for everyone? Uh, it's a tough one because it really is very unique to each person. So I'll give some just other general rules, I guess, some general advice. Uh, you should not be doing this if you have debt. So the reason I, I say that, and it's even a general rule for when I'm evaluating whether to accept a client or not, if you have debt, that's a red flag that you might not be able to control your spending. So with this whole system, it's very important that you never miss payments and that you you do not carry balances, which means you do not uh, spend more than you have. So if you already have debt, giving a person like that eight more credit cards is probably a bad idea because <laughs> they probably are going to overspend. And so, I'm guessing that doesn't apply to like mortgages and student loans and like car loans, right? It's just credit card debt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm okay. I'm I'm still paying my student loans, which is crazy, right? <laughs> That's a whole other topic. Um, yes. Yeah, so it specifically with credit cards, if you already have credit card debt, focus on paying it off, pay it down, and then and then start because also that means that you're not you're not beating the system. What I do, what I do for my clients, we're beating the system. But statistically, this the bankers are not dumb. They they are very smart people, and statistically, they know that the more people they can hand hand credit cards to, like candy, they know that a large percentage of those people are are going to end up carrying balances, paying fees, late fees. Uh, they're going to make money off of these people. So we don't. I don't want anyone involved with what I do with my method being a loss. I want us to beat the system. <laughs> yeah. For every one person beating the system, there's like 50 that are not. So, <laughs> Or more. Or more. Yeah. <laughs> so you would, so you were going to say that, you know, you had some other general tips. Do you have anything else kind of like in closing that would be like a good idea for people to keep in mind if they decide that this is something they want to do? Yes. So, well, I'll just give, throw out some websites out there. There's a lot of, there's a lot of good websites that make a lot of the organizational aspect of all of this very easy. Uh, one website I love, I recommend, uh, it's called Award Wallet. So awardwallet.com. And it, all this is, it's like a mint.com for your hotel points and airline miles. So if you already have some loyalty programs open, say American Airlines, United, Delta, all these common different programs, just make sure you, you keep track of them because you might even have miles that you forgot about. And these are valuable. So once you have awardwallet.com, you can input all these different programs and you can have them all in one place. And that way, as you start earning more and more airline miles and hotel points, you don't lose track of them. That's that's the point of awardwallet.com. Uh, if you want to start seeing how valuable hotel points are, there's another website called Award Mapper, which is kind of cool. So you can look all around the world. You just put in a destination and then it'll show all the different point hotels in that destination. So it helps if you're planning. Uh, that's how I found this Hilton in Zanzibar where I'm staying right now. I just looked at a ward wallet. I saw that there was a Hilton. And honestly, it was a big factor in me deciding to come here because I knew I could stay for free with free breakfast. Um, nice. <laughs> other websites that I could recommend... Uh, what about in terms of like general information? I know that you said that, um, you know, you don't blog, but like, are there any bloggers that you like recommend their information in, in, in this subject? Yes, uh, there's, there's, yes, I can recommend some bloggers. 
I'll just emphasize again that all these different blogs make money off of you clicking their links. So they don't know your personal background. So you really do, if you're going to try to do this yourself, which I've seen time and time again, people try to piece together the information just like I did nine years ago. I myself lost thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars nine years ago because I did it wrong. Because as you're learning, you're going to make mistakes. And that's fine in most cases. But in with this specific uh, credit card niche, every mistake might be a $1,000 mistake. So you got to be very careful if you're going to try to do this yourself. You, you really need to learn the different rules and not make those mistakes and have an extra 5000 6000 20,000 if you fly first class in free travel. Uh, some of the blog, some of the blogs I'll recommend uh, doctorofcredit.com. Uh, he's a good guy. I've had, I've communicated with him. Just really good information. Um, my friends travel is free. Uh, it's a couple married couple, Drew and Carrie. Uh, I learned a lot of what I know about gaming hotel points from travelisfree.com they're incredible drew is is he's a mastermind at all this stuff and also the the resource page on travelisfree.com has tons of examples of how to redeem your airline miles for some incredible trips i mean it's 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 one of the best sources of information if you want to learn about hotel uh, miles and points travelisfree.com the resource section Awesome. That's perfect. Thanks, brother. Uh, we'll definitely be checking those out. Um, thank you so much for stopping by. I really appreciate it. This has been super helpful. I know it's it's super helpful for me, for somebody who's just starting to plan on how to do this. Um, but I'm sure that it's very helpful for other people as well. Um, if anybody is listening to this and is like, yes, I, I need, you know, mile method in my life. Um, where can they get in touch with you? Um, and what's the best way for them to get in touch with you? Yeah, like I said, I, I don't blog. Uh, I don't even have a business Facebook page. So the best way to get in touch with me is Instagram, Mile Method on Instagram. And my website is milemethod.com. And there's also all the different contact methods there if you want to check it out. Gotcha. And you had mentioned that, it, you know, for people listening, you know, they can like reach out to you for like a 30 minute, um, you know, kind of like, discussion just so that they learn if this is something for them right yep yeah I, this is a lot of information and uh like i said most americans they just they have these myths about credit cards and just most of them are not true at all so i'd be happy to get on the phone with anyone listening uh we could talk 30 minutes i'll answer questions i'll explain how this all works and uh, i'd be happy to do that all righty, man. Well, thank you so much for stopping by. Seriously, this is such an important topic for people who are remote or who uh, you know, want to travel more. This is so important because it makes everything so much more affordable. So thank you so much for stopping by and, uh, and sharing all your knowledge with us. You're welcome. If you're American, there's really no reason not to be doing this, honestly. Take advantage while you can. Hell yeah, man. All right. Well, <laughs> I'll see you somewhere around the world at some point, I'm sure. All right. Uh, yeah. Thanks, Ken, man. All right. Take care. Thank you. 